This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm Matt Addison and for this special edition of the show, I'm going to be looking into a special unofficial partnership that Liverpool FC have fallen into. Red Bull Salzburg and RB Leipzig have a partnership with each other, even if German rules don't allow Leipzig to align their name directly with the energy drinks brand. Officially, the RB in Leipzig stands for Ration Ballsport, Lawn Ball Sport in English, but the link to Red Bull is clearly there regardless of what they might say to circumvent the rules. Liverpool have a really interesting connection with both clubs and the Red Bull Corporation more widely, as I'm going to explore throughout this show. Takumi Minamino has already arrived at Anfield from Salzburg, while even though Timo Werner didn't come in from Leipzig, the reason that many fans were so keen for him to do so stems partly from him being so perfectly suited to Liverpool's system. During the course of this podcast, I'll be speaking to Jesse Marsh, who is Red Bull Salzburg's manager, Guido Schaefer, a former teammate of Jürgen Klopp, who's now a journalist who covers RB Leipzig, and Josh Williams, our regular Analyzing Anfield podcaster and tactics writer. It makes sense to start at the beginning, so here's an explanation of the playing style that the Red Bull clubs have adopted, courtesy of Salzburg boss Jesse Marsh. The similarities to Liverpool are clear. Well, two things. I've never been told I have to play a certain way. Um, you know, we have we have philosophies here, and and then we talk about our philosophies and we teach them at different levels. But even in the academy, we, it's not that we ever say you have to play this way. It's but it's taking our philosophy and our value system and then applying it to for each coach to apply it to his group in a way that makes sense, right? And so that um, you know that freedom as a coach to still use the I, the principles of our system in whatever way that we feel is necessary to honor who we think we are and then honor what we think our teams are about. Um, is one of the things I really enjoy. So there's plenty of room in within the system for creativity. And, and, and ultimately, I think the best coaches that develop the best are the ones that find ways to, to, to manipulate the system in, the, in ways to, to benefit them and their teams. I mean, even Klopp, you know, I mean, listen, Jurgen's changed a lot of what he's done over the years from Mainz to Dortmund to Liverpool and he's adapted the system to his to the league to his group of players to the expectations of the club um so you know i think he's done a really good job to continue to evolve and try to think of ways to to get better and his teams to get better it's obvious that the playing style that the red bull clubs generally aim for bears resemblance to Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool albeit with lesser players and the reason for that is simple ralph ranick until a couple of weeks ago ranick was red bull's director of football or sporting director but well, that relationship ended shortly after he turned down the chance to move to AC Milan. But Klopp was influenced by Ranić during his formative coaching years, and Ranić's impact at Red Bull has been huge over the five years that he's been there, shaping the way that they play and have developed in the various roles that there, as Guido Schaefer explains. Jürgen Klopp's stuff, stuff is legendary. They are very good, good workers and uh, talented, and uh, this is this is very important as a, as a boss that you you collect good men. Also, women in 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 the in the team and in the in the club, and uh, I think this is also like Ralf Rangnick, also a man who said, "I need ex- experts on the field and out of the pitch. Experts, the best on every uh, you know, Stellschraube." 
Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you mentioned Ralph Ranić there. Is he someone that, that Jurgen Klopp has really looked up to and, and tried to, to almost copy his style throughout his career? I think uh, Ralph, Ralph Rangnick uh, inspired uh, Jurgen Klopp's style uh, to, to play football. And uh, this is, yes, Jurgen Klopp said this, this is no problem. I, 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 I saw the match from Hoffenheim, I saw the, the, the idea from, from the match from Hoffenheim under Ralph Rangnick, and I said, yes, this is nice. And uh, not copy, but a kind of this match, a kind of this style. I, I, want, I want to play with... with Young, fast players, and players who don't ask, uh, why should I uh, run so much? So why should I run so fast? No, they have to do it. They have uh, every player has to do the, his job. And uh, Jürgen said, we have to invest more in a match than Bayern Munich. And because of this investment, uh, um, Dortmund uh, won the, the title in Germany twice. Because the, the quality of Bayern was in 2011-2012 much higher than from, from Dortmund. But the brain, the power and the investment from Dortmund was higher, on a higher standard. And therefore they won the title. And I don't know if of Liverpool the best team in Europe last, week, last year. I don't think so. I think perhaps the quality from Barcelona was higher. But the mentality, and the, 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 the pace and the, you know what I mean. The yeah, brain yeah. Was, was bigger. The mentality from Liverpool won this title. One of Jurgen Klopp's first matches in charge of Borussia Dortmund was a 4-1 demolition at the hands of Hoffenheim, who were managed at the time by Ranić. It was that game in particular of his first few in charge that helped Klopp fine-tune his pressing tactics early on. Results for the rest of that season remained inconsistent, but the team finished in a respectable sixth place, four points ahead of the team that had handed them that lesson early on. Wherever Ranić ends up next, there's a good chance that the team will play in a similar way to Liverpool too. Something to watch out for, perhaps, in terms of future transfer deals. Perhaps part of the reason, though, for Ranić moving on is the split that appears to be happening between Red Bull's two elite clubs, Salzburg and Leipzig. I don't know if they are so, so similar between Salzburg and, and Leipzig. In, in former times, they, they played the, the same style, but now they are divorced a little bit. Uh, uh, yes, uh, yeah. Jesse Marsh plays quite similar, yeah, quite similar to Leipzig, uh, but uh, uh, the Red Bull style. It's not the Red Bull style under under Julian Nagelsmann. Uh, there's more impact. They want more the. They want to have the ball. They want to play with the ball. And under under Ramnik, for example, uh, they make pressing, 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 and uh, directly. In the in the in the box, the ball had to go directly in the box, in the box, 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 vertical play, and uh, under under Julian Nagelsmann, also they make good combination, uh, and uh, they they are waiting for their chance to play the the, the pass uh, in in the box, and it's it's yes, it's Red Bull style mixer with the ideas from from Julian Nagelsmann. There's a new impact with him. How strong is the link then between the Red Bull group? You say that, that Salzburg and Leipzig maybe played similarly in the past and maybe it started to, yes. to move apart now. But is there still a, a strong bond within that group? No, it's not, it's not, not so strong. Because I don't know if, the, if you want in this, uh, to go in this direction. They, have, they had uh, problems with the, 
with a wave up because they the because of the nearness between the two clubs and uh, there are many players from Salzburg they they came to to Leipzig and it's yeah it's it's I don't know is it allowed it's not allowed now they official they are two different clubs and yeah. uh, yes in sometimes in former times uh, it was <laughs> like one one club and also with one chief uh, Ralf Ramnik was the chief from Salzburg and from from Leipzig and now they are divorced uh, I think there are contacts there are still contacts because the great boss who financed all all of the all of the clubs Dietrich Mateschitz yes uh, there are contacts but they are not so intense like uh, uh, be like before and um, also for example when when Leipzig want to have a, a player from from Salzburg in former times it was clear okay this player come from Salzburg to Leipzig now is it uh, nowadays sometimes a player comes from Salzburg and goes to Wolfsburg or goes to Gladbach and not to Leipzig yes. yeah there are still contacts but they are not 100% yeah, well, of course, Erling Haaland as well. Now, at, oh uh, yes, at Borussia Dortmund. The biggest, the biggest yeah. example was Erling Haaland. Yes, yes, it was a fault from Leipzig. I, I think, um, and and this way, they 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 made a big a big mistake. Salzburg and Leipzig might be heading in slightly different directions, but the main principles of their games remain, with or without Ranić in charge. As well as Jesse Marsh, Julian Nagelsmann is an exceptional young coach who will continue that good work for as long as he's at Leipzig, as we'll come to later. And that means that players from Salzburg and Leipzig are likely to remain on Liverpool's radar. We've seen Timo Werner linked. Obviously, Minamino's already made the move. Do you think there's something about players who've played for either Salzburg or, or Leipzig who are maybe better prepared to come to Anfield because of the similarities in style of play? Yeah, Jurgen Klopp thinks similarly to, to Ralph Rangnick and to, what, to the way we think. So... Um, he's always looking, you know, Nabi Keita, he's, he's always, and they have the kind of money at Liverpool where they can, you know, they can come out and get some of these players. So, I mean, you, you could extend it to players like Upa Makano. You could extend it to other players we have here, like Hichan Wang or Enoch Muepu, or, you know, there's a lot of players here that would fit the Liverpool system really well. So, um, yeah, he's smart. And I, listen, when you're scouting, it's one of the hardest things to do is understand how will a player adapt to a new culture, a new system. Um, and we have a lot of foreign players that have already done that either here in Austria or in Germany in Leipzig and have grown within the system. So, you know, it, it's between the mentality, the playing ability, the playing style, it's almost easy for Liverpool to just handpick the best players from from players who thinks uh, or from teams who think similarly to, to the way that he, that they do and certainly Red Bulls is on the top of that list does it sort of help you in a way obviously I know it hinders you in that you you lose some of your your best players sometimes but is that sort of part of the process for a team like Salzburg where you bring these players through you develop them and, and then you use that money to, to go and find the next one yeah, for sure. We don't we don't mind losing players, and we understand that you know there are better leagues in Europe than Austria. The, you know the the thing that hurt with with uh, Taki is we think that Liverpool got him way 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 too cheap. Um, but you know this is part of managing the market and managing you know player contracts and everything. So, um, but 
yeah, in the end, you know, we have, we have, we always have here with the scouting team and the sport director, they do such an amazing job that we always have the next generation of players ready to come through and help and make the next step. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It's not often that a manager will openly admit that his own players would suit playing for Liverpool at some point down the line. But that just goes to show the model that Salzburg and Leipzig are working towards. Buy cheap, develop and sell on for a profit. Tactically, selling to Liverpool makes a great deal of sense, even if in future the Red Bull clubs would prefer not to let their best assets like Minamino go for cut price fees. As Josh Williams explains here, signing the likes of Minamino just made so much sense for Liverpool at that release clause or even slightly higher had they needed to spend more because of the continuity between Salzburg, Leipzig and Liverpool. Players still need time to adjust as Minamino is showing, but the overarching themes of how each team plays are largely the same. Okay, so we might as well start then, Josh, with um, sort of general Red Bull model, the tactics. For you, what would you say that is all about? Because we talk about it so often, but what is it? Yeah, well, I think I don't think um, many people realise that it's it's actually a an extension of Red Bull as a brand. Really, when you think of Red Bull, you think of you know energy, energy drink, um, and you think of extreme sports and stuff like that. You know, the, the I think the um, Felix, I can't pronounce his surname, but Felix something, the guy who jumped from the the edge of the uh, atmosphere or something like that, that was sponsored by by Red Bull, so. They're very big on that sort of brand. And I think when they explored football, the idea was to, you know, continue representing the brand accurately. So you'll find that most Red Bull clubs kind of exhibit a style of play that's quite fast, vertical, uh, energetic, transition football, thriving when the ball is loose, um, rather than, you know, a slow possession game and that sort of thing. And without the ball, it's quite similar to Liverpool, to be honest, in terms of, you know, intensity, lots of pressing, closing down, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's just really about representing what Red Bull stands for as a drink on the pitch. And I think I think they do it quite well, to be honest. And where do you stand sort of on the, the Red Bull group more generally? I mean, do you admire what they do? I mean, Leipzig, for example, in Germany, are pretty disliked, I think it's fair to say, but... I mean, what would your take on, on that be? Do you sort of look at it from a, a tactical perspective and go, actually, well, what they're doing is, is quite admirable here? Or, or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, they are very aligned as a club. Um, I personally admire what they're doing simply because, as you said, the tactics on the pitch, that you know, they're, they're quite clearly well coached. All the players kind of fit a specific brand of football. Um, when it comes to recruitment, they recruit really well. Very few mistakes in the market, and they, they, they usually refrain from taking taking hits in terms of you know buying players for the, for extortion of fees, and then the player not really working out and stuff like that. But I think from from the perspective of fans, maybe I can understand why they're a little bit hated, um, because they are essentially running a business really, as as opposed to a football club. But yeah, I I can't help but admire what they're doing. Um, they, they, they are in many areas similar to Liverpool, albeit a little bit lower down the food chain in terms of how they do things. But just, you know, signing young players and, as I said, very aligned in terms of, you know, another little example is the, the, the cliche shout that we all associate with Red Bull. Red Bull gives you wings. You know, it's 
it's aimed at young people, really. And when it comes to the transfers and the players that they buy, they're only really interested in, you know, 17 to 23-year-olds. Very, very rarely did they sign players over the age of 25, you know, to, to the age of 30 and that sort of stuff. And by the time that they do get to the age of the peak age, maybe around 28, they're usually sold. They're usually at another club by then. Um, but in, in terms of how they run as a club and how they run tactically on the field, I can't help but admire them, especially consi- considering how Premier League clubs have been run in the past past decade, maybe when all the monies came in. So many terrible decisions have been made by a variety of clubs, buying players who are just, just because they've got, they've got the money there spare. Red Bull seems to do it right, really. Liverpool have, have signed recently Takumi Minamino. They were linked with Timo Werner as well. Why is it that Red Bull players are so specifically suited to coming and joining Liverpool? Well, I think it's it, it's about the, the transitional period from becoming a a player outside Liverpool to a player inside Liverpool. I think if you're coming from Red Bull, it's it's less of a, a less of a hit for the player. You know, it's 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 an easy transition. The style of football in possession is very similar, or at least it used to be. I think Liverpool in the past maybe 18, 18 months or so have become more of a, a dominant team with the ball. Um, but certainly before that, Liverpool were very much a move from A to B very quickly. Aggressive, intense, um, don't really care if we lose the ball, we'll just win it back immediately, close you down, that sort of stuff. So I think... It, you know, in possession, Liverpool over the years have been really, really similar to Salzburg and, and Leipzig. Um, and without the ball, it's the same. You know, pressing is ingrained into the likes of Minamino, Naby Keita a few years back, Sadio Mane a few years before. Um, so when these players come to Liverpool, they're not starting from scratch. They're starting from, you know, a fair, a fair distance down the line. Um, having spent a few years at the Red Bull, it's almost like a, a university system where they, they get as as good as they get, they graduate from club to club, um, and it, it seems to become seems to have become over over the years. Liverpool are almost, you know, the PhD standard. <laughs> we mentioned Ralph Ranick earlier in the podcast, and the RB Leipzig sporting director has now departed. There was interest in him from AC Milan, who wanted to make him sort of joint manager and sporting director, which would have been interesting. That deal ultimately, though, fell through. He then signed a new two-year deal with Leipzig, but then changed his mind again and and quit eight days later. The bottom line, though, of course, is that he's no longer in charge. He no longer has a role at RB Leipzig. I mean, what impact do you think that might have on Red Bull going forward? Because, you know, he's been there five years and he's been a really crucial part of the way that they operate. Yeah, I'm to believe that he was the man behind the whole alignment of, of Red Bull as a brand and Red Bull as a tactical identity. Um, he was the man who, you know, kind of interpreted Red Bull give you wings as you, as you know young players and stuff. And he was the man who kind of identified that Red Bull should target players who are maybe moving on to the second contract of their lives and want to develop a little bit further. So, you know, he's, he really is the man behind what 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 Red Bull have done in the past few years in the, in the footballing world. So it'll be interesting to see how they cope without him. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much they've learned from him in the years that he's been there. Because, you know, from an outside perspective, it, it looks like he's 
massively responsible for for how aligned they've been, how they've developed, um, and the markets that they've moved into. I think it was his idea to move towards a German club and tied up Leipzig, obviously with him being German himself. So yeah, that's that's that. It was quite a surprise to be honest. Um, but considering how well they ran from top to bottom, I would I would still be surprised if the if they started to go down, you know, negative routes and started to to fall off a cliff, sort of thing. With some of the other guests on this podcast, we've heard that maybe Salzburg and, and Leipzig might be moving apart a little bit in terms of the sort of way that they play and that sort of thing. I mean, first of all, would you agree with that? And secondly, if so, why do you think that might be? I think I would agree in terms of in possession. Um, I think without the ball, Red Bull clubs will probably always showcase the whole pressing game, closing down high up the field. Uh, for some mistakes and then hopefully scoring from their mistakes. But I think with the ball, I think Salzburg is still in the red ball mould of, you know, quick vertical football, very penetrative, very high risk. And that's because they, they can really, they're the strongest team in, in Austria by by a country mile. So if they, if they fail with, uh, you know, a fair few passes in, the, in a row or, you know, anything like that, high risk football, they're not really as likely to be punched as Leipzig are in Germany. I think Leipzig, specifically under Nilesman, are now moving a little bit towards more of a possession game, similar to how Liverpool have really. Um, whereas before under Hasenhull, for example, Hasenhull was very much a, a counter-pressing transition coach. So yeah, I can understand that. I think I think Salzburg is still in there in the vertical direct football type mould. Whereas Leipzig are probably moving towards the development that Liverpool have evolved. So um a bit more possession focused, a bit more dominant, um a bit more cues, a bit more intricate with the with, with the ball really, rather than just um forcing things towards the opponent's goal as soon as possible. And Jesse Marsh, of course, at Salzburg is is very highly rated. And I know you like me are a big fan of, of Julian Nagelsmann at Leipzig as well. I mean I think one of the, the biggest successes almost of the Red Bull group is that they've put in charge of their team some of the best, most modern, progressive coaches. And you know, we talk about Ralph Ranić, and obviously he is important, but those two, uh, their sort of role in these things is, is just as important as well, isn't it? Yeah, well, again, it's, it's about upholding the brand of football that Red Bull want to exhibit. Um, and I think they're really good at targeting coaches who who represent that brand of football. Do you, it's similar to the players, really. I mentioned earlier about kind of a university graduate scheme. It's the same with the coaches. Um, I think Jesse Marsh has been promoted to the ranks. Um, Marco Rose, who's now at Mönchengladbach, was promoted through the ranks. I think he was initially a second in command. Um, and then he took over at Salzburg. And then he got poached. So, yeah, it's it, it's just typical of what they do, really. It's, it, it, it's about... Again, being very aligned with the brand of football that you're kind of representing and the really good at identifying coaches that, that represent that brand of football. And that's another reason, reason why uh, Liverpool should probably take note of, of these types of coaches because it's it's the brand of football that I'm assuming after Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool will want to continue to represent. Um, and if they want to avoid getting in a typical name like an Ancelotti or a Mourinho and they want to go down the route of you know, staying very forward thinking, staying very modern, staying ahead of the times, then, you know, it's it's 
perfectly reasonable to look at the Red Bull clubs and and keep an eye on who, who they're appointing. Nagelsmann's name is one that has come up plenty of times on the Blood Red podcast, and there's no doubt that he's a manager to watch. Liverpool first came across him when he was at Hoffenheim for a Champions League qualifier in 2017. He'd only just turned 30 then, and he's still only 33 now, and he will almost certainly come to England at some point during his career. Yes, he's an option for every for every team all over <laughs> yeah. the world. I don't know what's what's Jurgen. Uh, what, what is he doing? He 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 stay. He will stay in, in Liverpool two or three years. So I I don't know. There's no there's no challenge. Uh, that's bigger than Liverpool. Well, what's ba- Barcelona? No, Bayern Munich. No, perhaps in Germany the national team. Now it's no job for Jurgen. He he needs the uh, contact with his players every day. And therefore, I don't think so that he will uh, follow Jürgen uh, after Joachim Löw. I think he should quit in a few years and that, okay, nice life. I am a legend in Mainz. I'm a legend in Dortmund and I'm a legend in in Liverpool. And now I I don't know. I love my wife and uh, I visit Guido in Leipzig or, or, or I don't know. Will Takumi Minamino be the last player to sign for Liverpool, having been influenced by the Red Bull group? It seems unlikely. RB Leipzig might only have been founded in 2009, and they might not be the most well-liked club in Germany, but Liverpool will be keeping a close eye. So too on Salzburg, with plenty more talents like Minamino and Erling Haaland set to move on to bigger and better sides in Europe in the not-too-distant future. Salzburg manager Jesse Marsh was linked with the Borussia Dortmund job a few months back, and he too may one day end up in the Premier League. Liverpool links with the Red Bull group have only just begun, and they're only going to grow even bigger. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.